This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite Double Tappers. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you once again this week. Mark Afalalalalo is here. Sean Priest is here as well. Sean Priest. How about you? Pause for applause. Oh, Ooh. sorry. Did you want me to? Oh, no, oh, no. Oh, well, you know, no. oh, too late. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, uh, hello. Welcome to it. Uh, you all right, Sean? Because I know that you and the family are, are struggling this week. Uh, yes, COVID has paid a visit to our household, but now everyone's fine. I'm just running around filling hot water bottles and making tea. It's perfect. Oh, so nothing's changed then? No, I hate my family. <laughs> Uh, and Mark, your family, have you been visited by the COVID bug yet? We have, we have not been visited by the COVID, uh, COVID, COVID monster uh, yet. Uh, however, my kids go back to school on Monday, so I expect in the next two weeks. Coming soon. <laughs> COVID-19. You know, at least, you know, guys, it has gotten to the point that we're, we're almost at the two-year mark of this, right? Yeah. At least it has gotten to the point with this variant anyway that we're not as fearful of it because of the fact that it is such a mild case for people who are vaccinated. So um, hopefully you are vaccinated. If you're not, for whatever reason, I hope it's medical, because if you live in Quebec, they're going to be charging you a tax. Really? Yeah, you're going to be charged a tax at the end of the year. There'll be a substantial amount of money on your tax bill if you are not vaccinated for non-health reasons. Wow. Well, I I know it's like, yeah, but, well, you know, I mean, at this point, if you're not vaccinated, it's because... You've lost your mind, right? Let's be honest about it. You know, unless there's a medical reason, which is totally understandable, and, and we have to be very careful with that because we don't want people to be singled out on that basis. You know, look at this whole Novak Djokovic thing at the minute that's going on in Australia. You know, the fact that yes. he was there. Now, of course, we know that he had actually had COVID, had then gone to a, an interview, you know, with a journalist and then came home and said, well, I'll isolate after that. That's the wrong way to do it. You yeah, know, when you've got it, absolutely. you just go straight home. And now he's trying to get into Australia to to do the Australian Open thing, and it's just like, come on. Um, yeah, it's, it's just. I, I think you've got to be vaccinated. You've just got to get vaccinated. It's you easy. Can, it's you safe. It's, it's exactly. It's, you know, it's fine. People are. I've got more of an issue with these people that don't wear masks and all about. Um, I breathe O2, not CO2. It's just utter uh, nonsense. You know, it's, it's these people that stand in the line at KFC, right? And they go, I don't know what the vaccine's putting in my body. Oh, but I'll have a chicken zinger meal, please. <laughs> Do you know what's in that thing? Do you have any idea? Really? Deliciousness. There, there, was, there was a great quote I saw from a nurse saying, uh, all these all these anti-vaxxers who are scared of what we're putting into their body, they don't seem to care when they're in the hospital and we're pumping them full of antibiotics exactly. and unknown <laughs> things to get them better. Oh, yeah. Quite happy to take the treatment then. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, uh, no. Oh, let it go. I know. I Relax. Just, just, it drives me insane. But no, we're at the kind of, we're at, I guess, probably the hangover three in sense of the the vaccine, uh, sort of the virus now. As in, you know, we've had hangover one that was pretty, you know, big and, 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 and popular, I guess, although I'm maybe popular. using the wrong <laughs> Steady. Switch this around the other way. Um, something that was terrible. Omen three. There we go. Terrifying at the start. Less terrifying by the end. There you go. Oh, that's good. That works well. Well done. That's better than The Hangover One. Yes. It's actually was a pretty good movie, in fairness. And I have seen it. Very unusual for me to watch a movie, but there you go. Uh, anyway, Andy, a new keyboard, guys. <laughs> Why oh. was it that bad? Uh, well, let's just say that mm-hmm. I got myself... You know these... Do you, do you have this in Canada, Mark? I love that you're here just to answer my... Is this in Canada, Canada, Mark? Um, yeah, you, of course <laughs> you have it. Uh, Chili's bottles. Have you heard of these? Chili's but no, I've not heard of this. Okay, so these are like these bottles that you buy, you know, reusable bottles for water or, you know, cold or hot drinks. They, they're called, uh, you know... Chili's well, reusable bottles. Okay, I'm looking at them now. Yeah, so they, they kind of hold uh, water cold for, say, 12 hours or hot for 12 hours, something like that, anyway. Um, so it's okay. like a cold water flask or a hot water flask. It's a thermos. 
Yeah, sort of thermos. But is that a thing in oh. Canada? I don't even know if that's yeah, a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, these are the oh. thermoses. Right. I, I see them here. Okay. How does this relate to keyboards? Well, when you fill <laughs> one up with water and yes. you sit it next to the keyboard and then you're sort of reaching around the desk to find what you're looking for and then you tip the Chili's bottle over with the I cap hate that. Off. I hate that. I normally do it with coffee or substance that gets sticky, so you need to get a new keyboard. Yeah. But I, I hate having stuff on my desk that I forget about it and I whack it and it's all over the place. I think it would have been okay. Because there's no one else to blame but yourself, right? Well, that's right, exactly. And, uh, you know, sometimes I have a habit of hitting the desk in frustration with things, <laughs> usually when I'm talking to Sean on the phone. And, um, you know, sometimes it can make the bottle wobble a bit. But this is like a litre tall. This is like a litre bottle. So, well, you're ridiculous. Why, it's, one, always have a Tommy Tippy, right? A sippy cup, <laughs> I believe they're called. That's what you need. Don't don't fight it. You need a special cup. I need two big handles on the side. Is that what you're suggesting? Yes. Like, just pick this thing up. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I, want no. the, I want the Homer Simpson one that, you know, you just put it in your head. But actually, what I want them to do is build a Homer Simpson one with the, you know, the, the places to put the big cups but then be able to put headphones in it as well so I can, you know, do my show whilst sipping from the uh, elixir Drinking of from life. your beer hat. No, no, we're not having it. Sorry. That's a great idea. Okay. Honestly, Look for the picture. It's a brilliant idea. <laughs> um, so it actually killed your keyboard? Well, it's, it's killed elements of the keyboard. Some keys are kind of flaky and some aren't. And the thing was, it was uh, water. I thought it would be, I mean, I thought it was an all or nothing, to be honest. I thought it would just It was full go. of booze, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is Scottish water, right? So it's whiskey, <laughs> whiskey. infused. Yeah. Um, so I'm just putting. I've got this little cup holder I got from Amazon, right? And it's one of those ones that sticks in the desk, so the whole thing doesn't move. Um, and this is what I should have had the bottle in, uh, but mm. I didn't. It is in there now, so I can I can wobble it about as much as I want. It, it won't fall now until I forget to do that next time. It was the fact the what? cap was off. I don't do that very often, but there you go. No, that's, you're ridiculous. I, I think know. I think actually I smell sabotage Ooh. because. Is it just that you've seen a new keyboard? Have you got something in mind? Well, you think I've done this to myself? Yes, absolutely, I do. Right, okay. Well, no, not I, well. It's an insurance job, is what I'm saying. <laughs> what, I, what I should say is that I think a couple of weeks ago I did say, I kind of want something else other than the Logitech, but that wasn't the reason that <laughs> happened. It's not why it happened. Uh, I don't know. I am in the market for something else, but I can't find anything quite as good as this keyboard. That's the, the honest truth. This is a great keyboard. No, no. Mark. No. I came up with a solution for your problem you didn't know you have and probably either solved by now I don't care about. Um, but I've, I've, I've providing the solution to you for your own benefit. And I have to say this is a very specific to Mark solution. Uh-oh. Oh, this can't really right. benefit anybody else unless you happen to have all your equipment in a separate rack room. <laughs> oh, God. So this is quite specific. But you were saying you had the problem with the Mac Pro, that you were having issues with the Bluetooth keyboard and the Bluetooth mouse, and in the end you yeah, used I a mean, USB I, thing. I, I did solve it. I mean, I, I, I brought a USB extender into my office, so it was closer to me, and I put the little receiver there because uh, oh. the Logitech came with a receiver. Um, but I'm actually, you know, I, I solved it another way too. I'm using a wired keyboard. Well, that is the simplest answer, right? Um, Pretty reliable too. Well, hang on, hang this, on. Well, yeah. Can I just ask, how far away is the keyboard and mouse from your Mac? You know what? If it was a line of sight, if there wasn't a giant, uh, th- you know, three-layered wall in between, it would be less than three feet. Ah, However, so it's in another room. It's literally in another room that's adjacent to my office, and there is a a three three layers of wall here with studs and insulation and nuclear and, bunker. Uh, uh, my, 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 this is my kill room. This is my my soundproof. Uh, oh, not kill room. Panic room sounds better. Panic room, better, better room. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> this is my room. panic room, where people come here and they panic the second they walk in. <laughs> Don't touch anything. Uh, well, for the, actually, what I was going to suggest is kind of what you've done, but and I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out. But I have still got it here, a little Bluetooth five adapter, just a little USB adapter, and I thought if I plug this in at the other end, now I should say from my keyboard to my rack where all my kit is, it's in a separate cupboard. It's not a separate room, but it's in a cupboard in the room, and it still can't see the computer even through it. I mean, it can do it if I sort of turn around and move around a bit, but it's all very kind of like the old RF headsets, you know? That's crazy. Yeah, so you don't need to do that, right? Because what I've done is I've connected up a fantastic little gadget I got, again, from the shop beginning with A. It's Amazon. Uh, and basically, it's a USB four-port hub that you can connect directly to your computer via Ethernet. 
So if you've Ethernet at one end and Ethernet at the other end of the computer where the computer is, you can plug it straight in in its direct connection. And that means then you can take this little US, this little USB Bluetooth dongle and plug that in, and then that gives you Bluetooth at your desk whilst at the same time um, not having to worry about where the machine is. And that's it's how I amazing. That I didn't oh know that God. was a it's thing. Only, it's as if you only asked. I know. If I just said, <laughs> Mark, how do I do this? But... You know, I know you were having problems with it, and that's why I thought, well, in fairness, you were having problems with it a while ago. Um, but Last it got year. me to thinking, because I wanted to use my magic keyboard with Touch ID on the Mac, uh, which I absolutely adore. I should say I've got two Macs in front of me. One's the MacBook Pro, and one's the, the Mac Mini. Um, and that's why I, I do that. I use my Mac Mini for all my recording, and I use my MacBook Pro for everything else. And, uh, yeah, because as, as you guys know, I have been continually changing my office setup Oh, it's so annoying. So long. <laughs> I mean, it is ridiculous. It really is. It is like, I just could not find, cannot seem to find the perfect solution. I blame Mark, if I'm brutally oh, good. honest. Yeah, no, really? no, I'm, because I'm happy I, with you that. know what, Stephen? Ever since I moved into my home and I built my little bunker here, I have not changed a thing. No, but you keep buying things. And the problem is when I buy something. I haven't bought a thing in a year now. <laughs> well, when I buy things... <laughs> I tend to want to change stuff around to accommodate it. So I'll give you an example. One of the annoyances of this mixing console desk thing I've got here is that it's it's a fully kind of rack-mounted thing. You plug everything in, and it's all run off an iPad app. And I don't really... I'm not capable enough to be able to run... I mean, I can do enough oh, while I'm on air. You are. No, no, no. I can, I can operate the mixer, but not while I'm on air. I'm trying to sort of focus... There's too many things talking around me at that point. So I was thinking, you know, if I could just have a physical mute button on the desk that would be able to mute my microphone, that would make my life a lot easier. Then Mark says, well, the solution is this. So I buy this box, and it is literally just a box, a very heavy box. I mean, on the breaking toes scale... This would mm. break all of them if it fell. It's on a it. fiver. It's a it fiver. It's definitely yep. a fiver. Um, but it's just a button. And that button is what sparked this entire part of the room being ripped out and rebuilt to accommodate the button. Ironically, after I got everything set up, I moved the button. So, what does <laughs> that, that tell doesn't you? surprise me. No, but it's, I think, you know, I Steve, think Stephen and I, you have to understand something, guys, here is that Stephen and I have conversations often. And, and really, the, the end of the day summary here is that if we lived in the same place, it'd be so much easier. I would just live there mm-hmm. every once in a while. It'd be like, Mark, can you just come over and do this for me? Just fix this. And I would rewire the whole thing for him. <laughs> yes. That would be, and you would drag him to your Unfortunately, Stephen room. lives in Scotland. So. <laughs> It's kind of hard, only because of you know your know, local restrictions, um, yeah, to COVID. get there and obviously help him and come right back. And my son is still, you know, he's working on the transporter. It hasn't been perfected yet. We have yet to get that little piece of cheese from one point to another without it being destroyed into a you know million molecules. So we're getting there, but unfortunately, there are obstacles in our way. Yeah. So in the end of all that, I need a new keyboard. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to have to get a new keyboard. Um, but yeah, stick around. We'll talk more about that. Also, iPhone turns 15. I feel old. <gasps> wow. I know, 15 years old. And we'll be running up CES for 2022. Some of the odd tech that was on show. Uh, and we'll get what Mark and Sean think about uh, some of the uh, big announcements at this year's, I'd say, muted event due to COVID once again. (laughs) This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers. Want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. This is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show. Honest. (laughs) It is. It's also uh, the show that warns you about putting water near technology. You see, this is a public educational uh, broadcast. Wow. Who knew? I know. It's educational. Absolutely program. everyone. I thought that whole segment was going to be about what keyboard you bought. I haven't bought a keyboard yet. That's but the you haven't bought one. That was, just, that was literally just 15 minutes of you telling us a story about water falling on your keyboard. Pretty much, yeah. Are you, that was good, are you new it? to the show? <laughs> <laughs> really? Right, let's talk about the legacy of the iPhone then, shall we? Because... Um, 15 years old, the iPhone is this month, and uh, oh, come on, this is big news. Well, it was big news 15 years ago. I actually went back this week and I watched the entire, the entire keynote from Mm -hmm. the Macworld Expo 
It wasn't even their own, remember? It was the Macworld Expo. It was. Now, can you verify? Am I remembering that Steve said that it ran on OS X? It did. Yeah, absolutely. That was the whole selling point, and that was one of the... Um, I remember there was one discovery. I don't remember who it was. It was an analyst of some kind or a developer that you know cracked open the iPhone when it first came out and said, okay, well, how are we going to beat this? And they, second. they said, wait a second. This really runs on OS X. Uh, how on earth did they do that? And that was the whole selling job is that you know Steve Jobs is on stage, and after he announced it, he said, this runs on Mac OS X, which is why it was so different. Those, those are the same people, by the way, who are cracking open Mac Minis and trying to work out how they got the M1 to go so fast. Uh, those people are Intel, I should say. Um, but yes, the uh, iPhone is 15. It is obviously, you know, a time where people are reflecting on it. And, you know, there's lots of different stories coming out about, you know, people's memories of it. I, I think that the, the biggest thing that stands out for me is that it wasn't the first or even the second uh, accessible version. Uh, of the phone. In fact, it, it was what? completely inaccessible when it came out. The original iPhone was not accessible. It didn't have voiceover. It didn't have Zoom. Nope. It didn't have anything on it, actually. Uh, it was 3GS, nope. wasn't it? It was a 3GS. It was the first phone that had a voiceover built in. Or it came and that's out. when our world changed that's forever. When our, that's when our world changed. Because, look, when, when, I'll be honest. When I think back to those days, I remember complete trepidation. Because I thought, if this is the way... Because Although you can't predict these things, and I wouldn't pretend I was, but... You know, Apple's a big company. They Even then, they were changing the way companies, other companies were reacting. You know, so we saw it with computers and we saw it with the iPod. And then along comes this phone that's a sheet of glass with a button on it. And I'm thinking, well, how, how are we going to use that if we're blind? How does that work? And, and I genuinely thought at that point, we are going to be locked out of this world forever. That's it. We are locked yep. out. And for the first few years, we were. And there's a lot of stories as to how that came about. And, and there's lots of question marks over how the iPhone became accessible. We talked about it on Double Tap TV. We had a, a conversation where, you know, Stevie Wonder apparently had, you know, a word, essentially a word in, in Steve Jobs' ear, in a way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there are a lot of people out there who'd say the National Federation of the Blind in the States, the, the non-profit there, did a huge amount of work advocating not actually for iPhone accessibility, but believe it or not, iTunes U accessibility. That was the university materials available through oh, iTunes. Oh, right. I didn't know that. And they were advocating that the same materials that people were able to buy online should be accessible to everyone. And that was the start of a 10, essentially, for pushing for accessibility. Now, apparently, and the rumour goes that this went to Steve Jobs, like every decision pretty much did at Apple at that time. Someone said, look, this organization want this. They are advocating for it. They're pushing for it. They're lawyering up. And Steve Jobs apparently turned around and said, okay, well, let's do it. But actually, if we're going to do it, let's just do it across all the devices. Let's just make it a thing. Let's just make it a value. Let's make it a standard. And that's when the iPhone accessibility was launched. That's when VoiceOver came along and all of that. So, you know, well, I tell a lie. I think voiceover may have been around just a little bit before that. But I think certainly on the iTunes side and I think on the certainly on the phone side, it wasn't available. So yeah. how it came about, there's lots of different stories flying around. But it's just interesting to me that, you know, for us, for blind people, it was the iPhone 3GS when voiceover was announced actually at the keynote. And it was only, and I always remember this because a good friend of ours uh, to the show and mine, Shelley Brisbane, did a fantastic documentary called 36 Seconds that changed everything. And that yeah. 36 seconds she refers to is the only amount of time ever given to voiceover, the screen reader, at an Apple event. 36 seconds. But that did literally change <laughs> everything. Yeah. Amazing. It did, because we talk about how, you know, how much the iPhone has changed everything. Um, but I remember as well when the iPhone came out and everyone was talking about it, and then every manufacturer, I remember getting hold of an LG phone and it of course everything was touchscreen we don't need the keyboard anymore and that feeling was well that's it yeah we're, we're done how, mm. how are we ever going to use anything like this because we knew the iphone was so popular that everyone was going to do that design and, and indeed they did so it was definitely a worrying time but it just shows how much 
even if we move away from the world of accessibility, the iPhone had an impact on technology. I mean, oh, I don't God, think yes. we'd have, we wouldn't have drones today if it wasn't for the iPhone. I don't think we would have so many bits of these tech where touchscreens have become the norm and miniaturization and camera technology. All these things, I think, are driven. Maybe we would have got there anyway, but I think they were driven and we've got so far because of the iPhone. I mean, Mark, you've worked in this field for a long time and I would say that you know one of the things that you bring to this programme in particular is obviously, aside from your incredible wit and charm. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, Liars. So I was clearing my throat there. That was difficult to say that. Um, but you know, one of the things I think you bring to this is, of course, that that bigger outlook, that wider outlook that perhaps we don't have in this accessibility world. We we, we talk about the, the wider issues, but actually you live in it. You, you've seen it. So from your perspective in 2007, when this phone is launched, what are you thinking? Oh, I mean, number one, I think there were rumors about it about six months leading up to it. There was three to six months, I think, we were all rumored about an iPhone. No one knew what it would be. Um, there was concepts that it would be this slate of glass, but that was it. No one really knew how it would work. So when it was finally announced and the way that Steve Jobs positioned it as, you know, a four in one device, a music player, Internet communicator, I think it was three in one, um, Internet communicator, uh, web browser, all this stuff really did describe how it was going to change the world. But it didn't go into detail about how the engineering and how the the ingenuity behind it, not only in concept, but actually in hardware and software, would re reshape the entire future. I mean, it really did reshape the way we thought about everything. Skeptics, you know, suddenly were put aside and, and all those who believed in the tactile keyboard were, were suddenly, you know, thrown to the wind saying, guys, look, suddenly it's working, especially after the first year that it was out and people started using it and really started enjoying it. Then the App Store came and suddenly developers started making money on this billions upon billions upon billions of dollars developing software for, for this mini computer. Suddenly it, it, it just it, it born a whole new life there. And if you if you think back to any innovation over the past 15 years, I mean, think about it. There's there's roots in an iPhone. There's reasons that it exists. Think about all our smart home devices. How else would we have controlled them? Yeah. Exactly. You know, what what connected device would have been there and would people have wasted their time creating an app for a BlackBerry so that you could turn your lights on and off? And talk that was about the because all voice those, control. All those apps, that, I mean, you talk about the apps, but, you know, all those operating systems, there were so many of them out there because every manufacturer had their own way of doing it and it was all pretty terrible. I mean, I was looking at an article before we came on about some of the the competitors at the time of 2007. So the Motorola Q, for example, which was that BlackBerry style keyboard, you know, with the the screen, um, you know, kind of taking up the top half and the, the keyboard taking up the bottom half of the, the device. Of course, BlackBerry themselves. Samsung Blackjack was another one at the time. One I had was the Nokia N95, which is that cool little flip up, you know, slide up. Yeah, uh, that's right. The buttons on it and then you the keyboard that kind of slid out from below. Was one was like cool. square, wasn't it? Uh, one yeah. of those Nokia ones. See, but that was the thing. We I remember going out with a list of compatible Nokia phones that would run the the um, oh, what was it called? Talks. Mobile talk. Yeah, what was the company? Can't remember. Yeah, but the talk software because you know you could you only had those options. That was it. The Nokia N95 or I think I had an E37 or something like that. But you were really limited into what you could get, which was accessible. And yeah, then all and of a that, sudden, that it all opens up. And that was the thing, because then you had such, I mean, such little choice. You you had some Nokia phones that were accessible. There were some specialist options around, but there wasn't a lot, really. Um, you know, I'm thinking about things like, you know, outside of accessibility, the Motorola Razr, uh, the original one, uh, the Sony Ericsson yep. range. I mean, remember those? I had yeah. the I had many of these. I mean, the W, I think of the, the 2007 one was the W580i. Catchy. Nerd. Um, I didn't have that one. I had the W800, but that came later. Uh, Uber nerd. I, I had the Walkman in it, though. That was so cool. Remember that? I remember... No, that was terrible. I remember winning a, a football bet and then going out and buying the first camera phone. And that was... I mean, the pictures were terrible, oh, but yeah, it, yeah. it was just so cool. That was a Nokia sliding phone. I can't remember the number of it now. But, I mean, we talk about the impact on technology, but also... I mean, you think about the services as well, because I don't think we'd be, you know, 5G and the the race to get fast uh, internet 
mobile internet, wireless everywhere in so many different places. Again, I think, you know, the, the fact that everyone wanted to carry around a computer in their pocket is, is what's driven these services, driven these technologies. So it's had a massive impact. Yeah, definitely. And of course, the Palm Trio, which uh, we can just move on from, quite frankly. <laughs> I don't um, like the sound of that. But those were the... Um, or those- I do. But those were just terrible phones. I mean, I remember HP had one. I had it for a while, and again, it was I had, awful. I had, not only did I have the HP, but I actually, at that point, was dabbling into software <clears throat> development, and I built a platform for a company to collect information on HP devices. Wow. I remember yeah, I remember sourcing time. out this this magnetic stripe reader that would, HP would pop into, and it, all of this went out the window the second the iPhone was announced. It was completely like, oh, there's a camera. Remember I the one that had the big someone's chubby ID? aerial that stuck out the top of it? That was the HP one I had. I that think. was no, that was a handspring. Well, that was a, yes, so it was the handspring. That's right. And you would get the you had to you had to have it was a rule. You had to have the belt holder. That was the thing because you had to walk around so you could just whip, BlackBerry had this for a while as well. You just whip the phone out whenever it rang, you know, so you'd be like your businessman walking down oh, the street. And, you are so cool. Yeah, it was pathetic. <laughs> and then, you know, the thing is that I I went through all the phases of that was the most that was like the must have to why have you got that on your belt? Um, it just to technology at that point just moved so quickly. But iPhone yeah. just destroyed everything. It just destroyed a lot. I mean, how many of these dev- devices are still around? Not many. Uh, and BlackBerry, well, I mean, you can forget BlackBerry. BlackBerry was the one that tried to hold on. I think they thought, let's try and hold on to the the style that people have become accustomed to. And to be fair, I liked BlackBerry. I mean, it wasn't great in terms of accessibility. It never really worked out with accessibility, but I did actually quite like it because it was, um, I loved the keyboard. It was actually, it was great. I, I'd never covered it in water, so I've no idea how it failed. <laughs> well, the messenger service was the thing that made BlackBerry, wasn't it? Until, I mean, until the London that. riots uh, in England, and then that yes. all fell to bits. Yeah, when people <laughs> well, really so, so, so let's think way. about this. BlackBerry Messenger was one of those diehard features that people did not want to get rid of, right? They did not want to leave the BlackBerry. And when anybody ever said, well, why don't you switch off a of BlackBerry? And they're like, come on, I got BlackBerry Messenger. I'm like the coolest kid on the block. Yeah. Well, you know, fast forward a bit of time, and suddenly iMessage is pretty much the exact same thing. It is the BlackBerry Messenger on the iPhone, and it is... Top three reasons people don't want to switch off an iOS device. And that's my, one of yeah. my reasons. And, you know, Google apparently unhappy about it. It's bullying, Mark. It's bullying. Did you not read that this week? It's bullying. The, those little green bubbles that, uh, you know, distinguish the uh, iMessage blue from the SMS green, um, that apparently is bullying, according to someone at Google who said that uh, that's not nice and Apple have to stop doing it. Stop playing nicely. Yeah, but they're saying let's let's unite, let's the big tech unite, and let's get rid of this discrimination about what service, what hardware people are using, because people are are feeling um, almost harassed and ashamed that they have a green bubble instead of a blue bubble. I, I don't believe it. It's a lot. I don't of think nonsense. anyone cares. It's it's a lot of nonsense. And, and I care day, about my blue bubbles. Okay. Well, look. Oh, at the end of the day, you. it was done to distinguish the difference because there were legitimate reasons. Maybe not so much these days, but there were legitimate reasons why it came about. Because, for example, if you were sending a picture message, it would cost you a fortune over SMS, but you could do it for free with iMessage. There were lower yeah. cost options to use iMessage, and, and I remember when I got it, I remember specifically being told by somebody in the Apple store, you know, if you're using iMessage, make sure you're on iMessage because it'll not cost you anything to send that to someone else with iMessage. And that was a great selling point. And that, yeah. and that was a really good selling point, especially to people who had family that were in different countries. I mean, exactly. I still to this day use iMessage with family who are in France, family who are in Israel, and it doesn't cost me a penny. I'm not using text message. Now, granted, there are other services now. There's WhatsApp, and a lot of people have migrated to that. But I think it's still a, definitely a great selling point. Great fact for you here. The year 2000, Americans were sending an average of 35 text messages a month. Wow. So here's the question. By the close of 2007, what was that number? Five billion. On average, a month, right? So on average, text messages a month. From 2000, year 2000, it was 35 texts a month. In the year 2000, by the end of it, what was that number, Mark? In 2000, how many texts per month? In 2007. Uh, In 2007. After the iPhone, I got another stat for you. After this, uh, I would say billion in the billions. Two hundred and eighteen billion. By the close, nope. Two hundred and eighteen per what, on average per month. But that was that was with the iPhone just <laughs> launching. And bear in mind, 
The iPhone came out you're talking in the about middle per of person, right? Per user. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're not talking about a total. No, 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 no. I thought you were talking about a cubit no, like, where's, no, the, no. where's oh, yeah. the millions here? Where's <laughs> the billions here? I think Sean was equally as surprised here. Yes. Like, well, That's why I made it very clear at the beginning. The Americans strange. were sending an average of 35 text messages a month. Not well, America in is, itself no, were no, sending Americans 35 plural, texts a month. As in all of them. I know, that, I know that the plans were expensive then, but I don't think they were that expensive. <laughs> Do you still get plans where, you know, you get a thousand text messages every month? No, it's Do you still get that? No, surely it's all limited. And if you're on iMessage, who cares, right? Exactly. Who cares? Right. What's your stat then, Mark? Oh, my my stat is about uh, is about actually vision. Um, I remember going to my uh, optometrist, and we were getting our eyes checked, and my, my son was sitting down, and we were talking about various things, and he said there was a study that came out that said um, the the number of eye related issues increased quadruple, tenfold in 2007 and he starts grabbing off all these all these facts and he goes do you know why i'm like actually i do iphone he goes exactly the advent of the iphone the 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 second that phone launched the amount of problems it has caused to our vision Whoa. is exponentially high no yeah. yeah no now could that actually be that people have noticed there are problems with their vision existing problems because they're trying to look at the screen no it's it has caused it because no. No, as you're paying, no, no. no studies have proven that as you're paying attention, as you're staring at these screens, you do not blink as often as you should be blinking. Therefore, your eyes are getting dry, they're getting more fatigued, and it is causing more issues. Nonsense. And, well, bear in mind, though, the text <laughs> Listen, size on those my previous My son is phones. right here next to me. Okay, my son's right, right here next to me, Point Zachary. Mom. When you go to the eye doctor, what does he say? How many hours a day max should you be on a device? Two hours. Two hours. Two exactly. hours. Two hours a day. Now, on average, if I look at screen time, he's on his device during COVID, 22. No, he's not awake that night. <laughs> but you get the point. <laughs> Do you really want me to have an argument with your son? I, mean, no, I this... think it's time to go to a break. <laughs> it might be. Um, I, when I come back, though, I, I want to um, I, I want to talk about some of the uh, tech of that year as well, because it was quite a year for tech in itself. And I think you'd be interested to know what was big in 2007. So we'll go a bit nostalgic here on Double Tap uh, Canada in just a moment. Also, we're rounding up CES 2022. Mark and Sean rounding up what they thought was uh, interesting and maybe not at this year's event. Double Tap Canada will be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. Okay, so the question is, what was the big tech of 2007? Well, uh, let's have a look at some of these. Uh, this, of course, is the uh, year that the iPhone, 5th, iPhone 15, the iPhone uh, was launched. It's now 15 years old, and uh, in 2007... Alongside the iPhone being launched, there was lots of other big tech, including the PlayStation 3. Wow. Three. Yeah, PlayStation 3. Uh, going up against the uh, Xbox 360 at the time. Um, wow. It just seems like dead hardware now, doesn't it? Um, that seems like yesterday. I can't believe it's that long ago. It was also the year, and this is actually, you know, when you think about it, another big technology that, that launched that changed a lot, Netflix. Netflix streaming, I should say, launched because Netflix up until 2007 was uh, a DVD. Um, oh, those days I used to get three DVDs like every few days and That's then right. rip them directly to my hard disk. Yes, didn't we all? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, Netflix, uh, of course, as well. Um, Halo 3 and its wings as well, being one of the big new games of the year, one of the best new games. Facebook hit 20 million users. Was that all? I was going to say, I mean, compared to today, right? Uh, <laughs> the MacBook you had to have was the uh, Apple Core 2 Duo MacBook. It was the white one, if you remember that. That was, of course, I'm still looking thing. for it. I don't know. I'm still trying to find it. <laughs> well, you can't well, well, you try to get one. <laughs> well, my other MacBook, my new one, is not working very well, so I figure a Core 2 Duo must work better. Uh, well, it could only work better. Yeah, I bet any money that would work more than the one you've currently got, that is for sure. Well, I mean, anything that holds a charge is going to work better than this. <laughs> Someone's and, better. And it was the year yeah. that Android got in the game. And you might not realize this, but it was the first the, the first Android-equipped phones so, appeared in G? 2008. 
Is that the Android G or One something? I can't remember what the phone was. It doesn't tell me here. But um, the first Android device? Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Fir- the first Android equipped phones appeared in 2008. Yeah. And this was only uh, ten, year and it launched HTC months. Dream. What was it? No. no. The there first was commercially Google available one. smartphone running Android was the HTC Dream, also known as the T-Mobile G1. Ah. G1. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. And it had a flip-up screen, kind of like that sidekick that they kept talking about. HTC were really cool, weren't they, back They were in the great. Day? They had Windows devices, great Windows phones. Uh, yeah. I love those, yeah. Mm. Oh, Windows phones. Let's not go there. Um, but yeah, Android, 10 <laughs> months after the debut of the iPhone, uh, Google and tech giants, such as, as you said, T-Mobile and Motorola, announced the open source platform for mobile devices. That was what became Android in 2008. And by 2016, it dominated 82% of all new smartphones sold. It says here Android continues to dominate in 2022. Clearly, uh, this article's fake news. Um, There you go. And finally, (laughs) Twitter took off in 2007. Pardon? (laughs) Did it? Did it take off? (laughs) What was the... uh, Sorry, just going back a minute. Because we always talk about, uh, you know, voiceover came with the 3GS. When did TalkBack come with the Android phones? Did that kick off? It was, mm, it was. I don't actually nine know. Nine or ten years ago, I think. No, no you're no, being no, sarcastic. I tell, no, I tell a lie because <laughs> ten, it was ten years of voiceover, isn't it? So ten years of voiceover last year. So it's probably around five or six. It, it, it wasn't much more than that because it was a, it was a few years after uh, voiceover came uh, along. Right. Sorry, I just couldn't remember. So it's, it's like no one talks about TalkBack on Android coming along, but it's everyone funny, talks about. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> Feels like I've dug a hole for myself. Move on. <laughs> you just walked right into that one. Uh, okay, so CES for 2022, a much more muted affair. Mark, uh, what was your thoughts on this year's event? Since none of it's well, number, number one, talk about muted. I mean, all the coverage that I watched, for having not been there, everybody was amazed by how much uh, how much open air space there was <laughs> to just kind of walk around and they weren't cluttered around, around uh, technology, which is because a lot of people backed out of there. Um, some of the cool things that again i wish i was there is uh they, there was um there's a boring tunnel elon musk's boring tunnel it, there's oh, one yeah. that actually goes underneath the convention center that brings you from different places to different places now steven had that existed for three years ago when you were there you probably would have uh not gotten so many steps on that pedometer of yours but it definitely would have helped you i thought that was really interesting but what i what i really found interesting was the you know as much as we talk about television technology there was an incredible lack of it on display at ces this year we heard a lot of talk but a lot of people did not have an opportunity to get eyes on these 8k tvs which was kind of interesting um and, and the other thing that really kind of drew my attention was the amount of devices that are going to be included in this new smart home uh i guess protocol that they're calling matter which is going to really be a, a blend of every single smart home device Yet we have not heard about compatibility with things like the Amazon Echo and the Google Home. So I'm curious how it's going to play into that role. But a lot of devices are going to be cross-compatible uh, towards the end of this year. And that's what I'm excited for. Do you think that's actually going to come forward? Because it's It is all... coming forward. It is coming... The, the unfortunate thing is that it does require a little bit of hardware tweaking. So it's not something they can go back and say, here, let's do a software update and make it compatible unless they've thought about it beforehand. So we're going to see a whole new a whole new lineup of new products and new updates to products. Like, for example, Schlag, who make one of the best smart home locks, you know, I think, most solid device. Um, they, they've got one that's coming out that's going to just replace their existing deadbolt, but also suddenly brings Matter uh, support. It brings HomeKit support natively out of the box, and it brings HomeKit key control, so you can use your watch and your phone to just tap it and get in the house, which is sure. pretty neat. So I'm looking forward to the upgrade, you know, cycle here. But that's the point I'm making. If it's got Matter, why does it need HomeKit support? Because Matter basically is a translator between all these technologies, isn't it? So a Zigbee or Z-Wave device talks to Matter. Matter says, oh, I know what you want to do. I can translate it to a universal language that the Echo will understand or whatever. Because there are still things like HomeKit keys, which other platforms have not yet introduced that whole NFC element of being able to authenticate and unlock devices. So I think until there's some kind of unified keys app or or keys protocol, they're going to keep marketing under what people are familiar with so they know what it's about. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's just a case of all these different manufacturers have got to suddenly almost open up 
And it's just something we haven't seen so far. As I said, Zigbee, Z-Wave, um, all these different communication technologies with IoT devices. Um, we've been waiting for this one protocol that all devices use. You know, how many out of all the smart devices I've got, I haven't got a load, but none of them are HomeKit compatible because, you know, that's Apple specific and it's something that people need to, manufacturers need to buy a license to use HomeKit, make their products HomeKit compatible. So I just, I wonder, Matter sounds absolutely fantastic, but I just wonder, are the companies actually going to play ball? I, I just, I'm not that convinced. Listen, I know we spoke to Belkin on our, on our CES special this past Tuesday, and they're all over it. They're absolutely all over it. They're making sure any device they make from this point forward is matter compatible. I know a lot of other companies are doing the same. I, I think it's a commitment they made when they made this alliance about a year and a half ago to create this standard. And I think they're going to be putting that out. It's just going to be a matter of a couple of years for people to kind of have that upgrade cycle and the effort to, for it to matter. <laughs> Loving it. John Priest is Goodbye. back, baby. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I got... What you, I got oh, sure, Sean, even. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, remember Distra my name. I'll, 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 I'm help. distracted and I'll explain why in a minute. I was distracted there. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I... <sighs> Like Mark, I sort of I watched some of the YouTube videos, some of the coverage, and CES. A lot of the time, you expect to see the you know the, the TV side of it, and that there wasn't much there when it comes to 8K. I don't really care about that stuff, but there was some interesting Samsung technology with the OLED TV screens, um, because there's been a lot I've been reading lately about the problem of burning. Now, I thought burning was just a plasma TV thing, but um, no. Some of these TVs, no, absolutely right. And uh, more and more people use these TVs for computer screens, computer monitors, whether it's a remote desktop or whatever. They're finding the, you know, a start menu is burnt into the middle of the screen. Now, I thought this was a uh, a problem that was sort of way back, but apparently not. Um, I saw some interesting stuff that Samsung are doing with theirs. I think they call it QNOLED. Um, much brighter. They're using different L uh, LED emitters, a different color. I don't quite understand it. They're using blue light instead of combining the two, red, green, and blues. I don't know, but it's brighter, less susceptible to burning. Um, I just thought it was quite a cool technology. But along with that, as we all, always see TVs, we see laptops. Because laptops, to me, it always seems that CES are... Laptops are always trying to stay relevant, you know, against smartphones, tablets. It's like, yeah, we're still here and we're still great. And that you always see some wacky designs. But we did see some more, um, again, I saw some from Samsung and Lenovo, I believe, with the multiple screens. Now, because of Windows 11, better handling of multiple displays, um, we're seeing a lot more of these. Some laptops with three screens that fold out oh, in a weird way. was ridiculous. So they had this no, yeah. Lenovo laptop that basically yes, had an iPad stuck on the side of it, on the keyboard. So you've got the keyboard, <laughs> and then on the right side, like an iPad just shoved on there for some reason. Yeah, was for some reason. That's the thing, right? It's, it's like... Uh, they keep saying about video editors, how they have the, the, the main display uh, on the main display, and then they have the Times um, stream or the scrubber on the bottom where your keyboard would be, almost like a touch bar in some cases as well. So, But I can't think of any other use case where you'd want a dual screen laptop without a keyboard, if you know what I mean. So instead of the keyboard, you'd yeah. have another screen. It seems crazy to me. It's all about the tactile, physical touch typingness of a keyboard that makes a laptop form factor so good. But there's some really strange designs out there. But I did see one, the Asus Flow Z, I think it was called. And it's very much like the Surface Pro from Microsoft, that sort of tablet design, Windows 11 computer. But they've crammed so much tech into it. It was running an i9 Intel uh, CPU, but also an NVIDIA 3080 Ti uh, graphics processor, which is like cutting edge, top of the line. Uh, it's just how they get this technology into such a small form factor and handle all the heat that generates absolutely blows my mind. I mean, this thing, a tablet portable sized Windows 11 computer would put most desktops to shame. So it's every, every time, every year, the amount of um, performance they're getting out of these tiny laptops, it blows my mind. I really like the Asus stuff this year. Well, you know, for me, and this is why I was distracted, because I was looking up the name of this product that I picked out as my favorite, because I think this is, one of the things I love about CES is the technology that comes along that you know will never make it anywhere, but, you know, it's, it's a kind of great idea or it's a decent idea that could go somewhere. This one, 
I'm really not so sure. Um, it's a company called Yukai Engineering. They've introduced a new cat-shaped plush toy. The novelty item is cursed with a sullen expression on its face, so it looks sad, as it carries out its only function, nibbling on your finger. Now, what you do is you insert your finger into its mouth and wait as it gently play-chews on your finger. I'm deeply disturbed. Is now, this the, like a fetish thing? I, I, I don't know. But I, I, the reviewer <laughs> said that they checked this behaviour with their own cat and said it was more of a chomp from the cat than a nibble, and then the cat ran away, obviously. Uh, at CES, though, they tried out the Amigamai Ham Ham uh, for themselves. Of course. <laughs> uh, and the, the best bit is, this is the best bit, they asked the PR representative uh, on hand what else the stuffed toy did, and they were told rather curtly, that's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, yes, incredibly disturbing, but I'm more interested, why has it got to look sad while it does it? Maybe cats just have that look on their face. I don't know. Very bizarre, but there you I'd go. I'd be sad. Poor Ham Ham. <laughs> All right, stick around. We'll get to your feedback in just a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Now back to the show. Yeah, let's get back into it then and uh, to the feedback this week. We've got a couple of emails in. Mark, if you can do the honours. Oh, I can absolutely do the honours and read all that feedback that should be in front of me waiting for me right now <laughs> as I slowly click the button to go to the document That's to it. get to the email. I, like I have that feedback ready right in front on. of me. He's good at this. For He's example, an email from Greg. <laughs> Well Come on. Done. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, Tappers. <laughs> Regarding your discussion of Braille displays with either a Perkins or QWERTY keyboard, you left out an important option, and that is a better choice for many Braille users. That is a device such as the Hymns Q Braille, a Braille display with a Perkins keyboard plus standard keyboard keys, such as the function row, Alt, Windows, Control, etc. So you can use Braille text entry and standard QWERTY keyboard commands to operate a computer. Yeah, uh-huh. we were I did not know. Week. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, this is this is the because um, we were talking, of course, about the Mantis Q40 uh, and the fact yes. that it had the QWERTY keyboard in it. Um, but this kind of gives you the best of both worlds. If you really love using those six Perkins style keys to input Braille, then this kind of solves it because you've got. I, I think if I'm right in saying as well, I could be wrong with this. I'm sure Greg will come back and correct me. But um, the the keys are kind of all laid out in the same way. It's as if they've just taken the QWERTY bit out and put the Braille keys in. Um, so it's kind of weird in, the, in terms of the layout, but I've seen keyboards like this, and, uh, yeah, I, not for me necessarily, but, uh, but I kind of get the, I kind of see the value in it. I mean, I think it's, it is that mix if you do prefer using Braille input, but you maybe don't want to have to go and learn all that computer input that you would need. I mean, think of all the, the commands you would need to learn on Braille to, you know, input, for example, you know, Control Alt Delete. Control you know, C. What would that be, you know? you, yeah, but can you can you actually do that? Is that difficult to do with just a Braille only display? I don't know. That's you the can Braille cords, isn't it? Is that? Yeah, you can do it, but it is certainly more complicated than. And it's just again, it's a whole other thing to learn, right? I mean, most people are just want to if they're learning Braille, like we are now, Sean. We are we are Braille aficionados yes. now. We are. We know four letters of the alphabet. A L D T. Got it. Got it down. Yeah. Other than that, nothing. So as long as all the words we talk about have those in it, we're fine. Um, but yes, uh, I don't think we'll be going for that for us. But yeah, I can see the benefit in that. All right, thanks, Greg. Uh, we got another email in, didn't we? Do we really? Yes, we do. Oh, Callum. Oh. <laughs> You thought I was going to buy more time here, wasn't you? <laughs> Hi there. I was just looking for some advice on a USB headset for Zoom and Teams meetings. I am currently just using earpods, but yes. the mic is a bit rubbish. I've tried using some Logitech headphones, but I find it almost shouting as I can't hear myself. So I think I need to be louder. I think I need something more open for hearing myself, but still want a noise-canceling mic. Any suggestions would be great. Looking to spend around 50 euros. Now, can I answer this one? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do... Love the Logitech. What are these? The Wave, I think they're called, or the. They came out just at the beginning of the pandemic. They're not wireless. They're wired. What are they called? Well, that would be helpful if I knew what they were called. They would. Um, there, there are a lot of these that came out though, because of course. But I, fi- I find the problem with these things are that none of them actually let you hear yourself at all. No, that's right. Most of them let you hear what's coming back on the other end. They're not like we are used to in broadcasting world. Listen to ourselves. 
yeah. people actually have fine when they listen to themselves, they get confused. Um, so uh, let me find out what model this is. I bought you guys. A, I bought a biodynamic. Um, no, what is it? The MMX 300, which is a beautiful headset. Comes in at about 200, so it's a bit over your price range. <sighs> but Wow. I can't hear myself on it, and it really irritates me. Maybe there's a way to change the settings, and I haven't really dug into it enough. But you know, if I can get the settings to to hear myself, then that's fine. But you know, otherwise, I'm not interested. Yeah, this is the Logitech Zone Wired, and they come in right at that price point, ninety nine US dollars. So I mean, that uh, I love them. Um, can I hear myself on them? That's a really good question. I don't think I can even hear myself on them. No, I, think, I don't think um, you will. I don't think you will. I mean, yeah. There should be a way of, of doing that. But the other option is the Microsoft um, range. There's a new Microsoft range called Microsoft Modern that I thought was pretty good. Um, I got one of their headsets just for my, at the time, my work PC. And uh, yeah, a decent little headset. It doesn't, it, it doesn't completely cover your ears, so you still get a lot of the noise in from around. But Actually, that helps when you're trying to hear yourself, right? So yeah. um, that kind of thing works, are, and they're about $50, $50, something like that. Are those so. the ones designed for Teams? Yes. Uh, yeah, because they, they are, aren't they? Yeah. You'll, you'll find the new Microsoft range have buttons on to start Teams, end a call. But um, I think they only work in Teams, as in those buttons, That's the headset, right, yeah. obviously, you can use anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, why, why can't they just make those buttons compliant with all these, like Zoom and everyone else? But why, why well, would Teams you not do is a that? bit. Teams is a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Because it uses like a, a, a telephone device rather than Zoom would just use it as a normal headset. Um, Teams treats any headset you connect like a telephone device. So it's it's slightly strange. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to change. Yeah. Well, hope that helps, Callum. Uh, and to Greg, thank you for getting in touch. You can keep your feedback coming as well. We'll give you all the details in a few moments' time. But for now, let me thank Mark Afalalalo. Well done. You're welcome. Well done. Well done. You're welcome. Excellent. My pleasure being here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Very good. Very good. Uh, also, uh, Sean Priest, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Well done. Hope the family get better. Hope you don't catch COVID. And uh, we'll thank catch you again next week. Bye. Thanks for bye listening. Bye. And keep your feedback coming. Call 1 844 971 1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.